maybe don't bust your ass. Maybe <laughs> just, uh, maybe just, you know, you know, work your ass to a normal degree. <laughs> Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, our guest is Road Rennie Byron Miller. He's here this year to talk with us about Baldur's Gate 3. Actually, it's mostly him and Nick talking and me and Molly listening. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. His I, Molly Glover. And Nick Glover. Ah, oh, natural one. <laughs> and we are uh, joined. It's, uh, it's one of our favorite times of year when some of our friends from the road on the Renaissance Festival join us. Uh, in, in studio with me is uh, Byron Miller. Hello. Welcome back, Byron. Well, hello, geeks. It's wonderful to be here. Good to have you here. And for those of you that uh, may not know, Byron runs a uh, shop called Broomhilda. Uh, which you can find at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and other Renaissance festivals all over the country, including the Bristol Renaissance Festival outside of Chicago. Where else can they find your fabulous uh, wares, Byron? All right, let's see. Pop quiz time. It's going to be uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. upstate New York, Bristol in here, and North Carolina. So, yeah, those are all sorts of places that you can go and find. Uh, they have uh, uh, wands. Which, uh, as we all know on this podcast, don't work, but they are lovely decorations. It's worth a shot. Yeah. I don't know. Nick and I, I almost said beefcake. Uh, Nick and I each have a wand. And, <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, they do some pretty cool things if yeah. you poke stuff with them. Yeah. <laughs> Pokers. Molly used hers to get to fall off a trash can once. I did. Nice. <laughs> and they, they have walking sticks. They have brooms. Great stuff. Good stuff. Uh, if you uh, are in one of those areas, go check them out. But that's not what we're here to talk about, really. We're not here to talk about walking sticks, unless they're part of the game Baldur's Gate. I don't know. You know, there I, are ooh, Baldur's Gate. Kind of. I, I, so so maybe walking sticks will, will come up again, uh, f- sort of organically. Uh, but <laughs> I haven't played it. Molly hasn't played it. Uh, but Nick and, uh, and, and Byron are in the midst of playing Baldur's Gate. Is it three? Is it Baldur's Gate? Yes. Baldur's Gate three right now. So we're doing an episode about Baldur's Gate three. There will be mild spoilers. We're going to talk mostly about games play, but there might be some mild plot spoilers for those of you who care about your video game plot spoilers. So it's it's, uh, the game. So just the game is in three acts and, and Byron is in the second act. I'm nearing the end of the third act. I think but Molly has expressed an interest in playing. Yeah. So we're we're going to do our our best. But if you're yeah, someone well. that's super sensitive about knowing anything going into the game, then maybe this isn't an episode for you. Right. Also, we're, we're, don't go on YouTube. <laughs> I mean What's just that? generally don't, don't go on also YouTube. Also don't go on YouTube. That place is just rife with Baldur's Gate spoilers oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, or or look at Baldur's Gate memes. I'm sure they're all spoiler filled. Um so so uh, let's uh, let's start with um, uh, Byron. You've been playing the game, uh, and, and I guess you're you're trying to get it done before before another game comes out. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Starfield is due to come out in about a week, and that that I expect to put even more time into than Baldur's Gate. <laughs> so why don't you it's a, uh, another sprawling one? Yeah. Why don't you give us a little bit of an overview about uh, Baldur's Gate Three? Uh, because I have not played any of the Baldur's Gate series, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know that it matters. But uh, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of over, overview, uh, Byron, if you would, about uh, the Baldur's Gate series? And I'm sure Nick can also contribute at this point. Yeah, so the the Baldur's Gate series is uh, famous for being um, one of the best computer adaptations of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Mm. Um, and I, I have fond memories, because I'm old, of playing Baldur's Gate both 1 and 2. Um, and Because tw- 2 came out... I don't see. I was probably in high school when Baldur's Gate two came out, so you know, early mid, 90s. mid to late nineties. Yeah, maybe maybe mid nineties. Um, I graduated high school in ninety two, and I played it with my high school best friends, but we may have done it remotely from our college dorms. I don't quite remember. Um, Nick, did you play BG two? Oh yeah, yep. I what I uh, I played one and two, and like Neverwinter Nights. Excellent. Uh, and and the other kind of similar D and D, all those old gold box turn based guys. Excellent. Uh, but I uh, I never played Divinity or Divinity Two, but I'm I'm I've had them recommended, and they're not Dungeons and Dragons games, but they're the, the developers' yep. previous two titles that, that preceded this that uh, uh, had a lot of acclaim, and a lot of that experience clearly carried over into making this one. Yeah, so if you recall Baldur's Gate 2, The Throne of Baal, have you uh, have you played with or have you heard anything about the the Dark Urge character background in BG3? Uh no. Uh yeah, I've I've seen people talk about it, but I haven't seen it or experienced it myself. So, in a fascinating game development choice, taking this one character background opens up a whole nother side plot that is a tremendous callback to to Baldur's Gate 2. Um, and is probably worth, if you didn't do it this time, which and I didn't either, it might actually be worth another playthrough just to go through that subplot. That's there. As I get close to the end of the game, the, the, the more I get to the end, the more I'm like excited I am about replays. I feel like that way about Fallout games too, oh, quite yeah. a bit, right? Or I'm, I'm going to feel that way about Starfield, yep. where as I make different choices and as I meet different characters, I'm going to see what my options were and, and, and go, oh, fuck. That would have been oh, really I could have next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to like save scum my choices too much this time. Right. But um, I have no guilt so, about save scumming. Yeah, uh, Baldur's Gate, it takes place in Faerun. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the same D and D world that the D and D movie takes place in. Ooh. Um, uh, Waterdeep is, you know, one of the, the biggest cities in, in that world. Uh, Baldur's Gate is also one of the biggest cities in that world. It's, it's on the forgotten realms, right? Forgotten realms mm-hmm. is the, is the setting name. The world is, uh, uh Faerun. Got it. Uh, and, um, so Baldur's Gate is on the sword coast. And and much like the the D and D world in the in the movie, there's a an uh, the under is it the underdark? Yeah, where there's a whole like world underground where the the drow and other subterranean races live, and um, this one deals a lot with the illithid or mm-hmm. mind flares. Mind flares, yep. Oh, cool. Which they didn't weren't in the movie at all, but they are a an evil psionic Cthulhu faced race from the astral realm they're in stranger things right 
Kind of. Uh, you talk yeah. about the mind flayers. Yeah. 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 Things. I remember that's, so, yeah. Mind, mind flayers are, are, you know, brain eaters and enslavers and uh, just a, a, a kind of a real nasty uh, uh, race in, yeah, in the game. They've always been, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Byron talking about it being old just makes me feel even older because <laughs> uh, because I, I actually played Dungeons and Dragons when it wasn't even advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and, and mind players go back. That sounds like a Vil joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're so old, you played it when it was just Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, um, and that was when the first the first version of Dungeons and Dragons yep. I played was just Dungeons and Dragons. But uh, mind players go back that far. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Been, yeah. They've, uh, they've been one of D&D's big Bads They're forever. one of the things you don't want to run into. Yep. I think is really a yeah. good way of putting it. Was the first Baldur's Gate? What? What was that? God, how old? Were, what, what are we talking in terms of graphics? Are we looking at eight bit, sixteen bit? Sixteen bit. I'm pretty sure computer graphics. I, okay. Isometric. Okay. Fifteen million or something. Okay. Okay. Colors. Yeah. So there was. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been two fifty six. But <laughs> now, so now it's 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 many millions of colors and oh yeah, all the colors. Spectacular, I'm sure. And it is uh, a very attractive game. At, at the moment, it's only out on PC. It's coming out on console. So you both have been playing it on PC, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you have to have a pretty beefy PC to play this game. Like you need a, a decent Damn. graphics card. I don't know about that. And I've hurt. seen some people that we know talk about how they didn't have room to install it once they because they had to delete a bunch of other games. It's, it a, is, it's a big game. It is. Those people just aren't managing their storage space. A ton of space required because the 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 game is fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. And every character has recorded dialogue. Every little NPC. Like voice dialogue. Li- yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Every yep. every little. I I can't imagine how many millions of lines of dialogue there oh are. That's God. amazing game. because most but, of the time it's just like with their you know words totally and sometimes you're you're um. You know, you talk to someone that doesn't have anything to say, but that person has a name that's unique and you walk up to them, you talk to them and they'll be like, oh, gosh, I don't know about this thing yep. that's going on. And, and that's all they have to say. And the animals. The person. You can talk to every animal in the game using the speak to animals spell or scroll, yeah. and they all have something to say. That's so, I've seen a few videos of that. That's yep. the one thing I've been watching a couple videos of here and there is conversations people have been having with the animals the, <laughs> super cute i ran i i've talked to some really tremendous cats i ran into uh, an especially in, mouthy in, squirrel in, yeah there's a there's some some lazy cats that address you like a servant yes <laughs> and tell you to do their bidding there's a a cat that talks like a like a detective noir <laughs> gumshoe guy who kind of is narrating your conversation and not participating in it um there's yeah there's a a a very interesting squirrel and and an ox that has some particular things to say that are quite strange i i'm very interested to see where we go with that ox (laughs) Uh, and uh and you can also speak to the dead not everybody but a lot of characters you can use speak with the dead. Uh, there's an amulet you can pick up pretty early in the game that lets you speak to the dead. But there's also a spell and, and scrolls and stuff. I... And and so some bodies will be highlighted green, and those are bodies like you can exhume bodies from the graveyard yeah. and be like, "Who killed you? What's your name? Oh, What's like, the last thing you like remember?" In, like in the movie. Yeah, just can like, you ask you them the only three questions, questions or five or questions? Five. Five, five and questions. And is it one of those? Do they not rest unless you ask? No, them no, five it's, it's, no. That's that's just uh, that'd be for, such for a great comedy, Easter egg are, if that was in there. There are some mysteries you can solve or treasures you can you can get pointed toward by corpses, though they will traditionally not speak 
to you if you are the one that killed them. Mm. But there's a workaround for that. You can use uh, the rogue ability to disguise yourself, a disguise kit, or the alter self spell to make yourself look like someone else and then summon dead, and then they will talk to you. Mm. Nice. It's fucking crazy. There's, so, there's a level of detail of like <laughs> spell and environment interactions in this game that I have, I've never seen before. So uh, I know I assume that in this game you can play pre- 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 pretty much any standard class from... from Dungeons and Dragons and, mm-hmm. and standard uh, standard races that Gen- all generally with all the subclasses <laughs> as well, and and multiclassing and yeah. Mm-hmm. So you yeah you can just and and I assume that the game plays differently based on based on those decisions that you make. There's nothing stopping you from becoming a black guard pal- paladin like an evil paladin, and that that's you know like pledged yourself to like Ball or one of the dark gods. And and going through and just being like a pious, murderous bastard or a, oh, yeah. a bard tiefling or a rogue drow as I'm playing right now, um, drow, uh, ranger, fighter, rogue, uh, assassin subclass. I saw that um, if you pick a paladin and do something that your god won't like, you can become the what, – what's that called? The broken paladin or the, the – yeah. Yeah. yeah, your 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 oaths will will Oath break breaker. and you there will lose your link to your power and you'll yep. have to like kind of redo stuff, hmm. and go a different route. I, I kind of want to do play like a, a what is it like the the vengeance paladin or whatever it is, one of the three subclasses, and do like a John Brown playthrough where I'm just like, oh, what's that? You're a slaver, murder. Like, just, like, just every single time you run into, I'm sorry, Gith Yankee, did you say slaver? Dead. Just like every single opportunity I get, because there's so much fucking slavery happening is in, that, really? in that world. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of ri- it's baked into the to the underdark is is yep. like the, Ill- the illithids are like psionic, psychic controlling yeah, slavers from the astral realm and the drow do it and and it's you know yeah it's it's not uh, it's not central to the plot in any way okay not much at least I'd yeah say. but well, the whole the whole thing's based on fifth edition dungeons and dragons so the subclasses how often you get feats what what class features you get they're all unlocked at the same rate at the same level as they would if you were playing pen and paper fifth edition and it's incredibly uh um, true to the to the order and the classes and everything. You can play this multiplayer too, right? Yeah. So you and your friends can play together if you want to be like an adventuring party. I haven't done that yet, but, but that's my possible. understanding yeah. is that you can open a session and, and have guests. <laughs> I yeah. also know you can recruit hirelings from uh, withers, but I haven't I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't either because it's you'd have to, you done either of those. I haven't. You know, you'd have to set one of your normal companions aside to bring a hireling. So I've never bothered. Yeah, why would I do that? Yeah, yeah my, my, I have everyone I need. Right. Who, who? So, uh, who are you playing with? Who's your typical party? So my my character's a bard, so I've got a little bit of everything uh-huh. going on. So I've I've got the thiefy skills and some fightery skills kind of things and some crowd control, and so I'm bringing Gale the wizard, and uh, I've got Carlac the barbarian, and uh, Shadowheart the cleric. Oh yeah, okay. That's a good. That's a good. Carlac uh, Car- is. Uh, uh, she is she is just just precious. She's she the, is, the yeah. the tiefling barbarian, yep. uh, uh, like party machine. Yep. 
Uh, she's great. Good she great is personality. A, a I really like that character. Really. Yep. Shadowheart is kind of a fucking bummer. <laughs> yep. Uh, Gale is is interesting. Yeah, I like I like having a really powerful wizard, so I, I yep. roll with Gale. Um, but he his little quips that he says are so fucking cringy, cliche. <laughs> like he, he'll like walk into a new area, or you'll give him a command, and he'll be like. What fools these mortals be! Dude, give it a break. Or, you're or, him to pull out a little crystal ball and start like yeah. moving his hands around, yeah. like like labyrinth in the in the middle of a in the middle of a <laughs> fight. You're like sticks. misty step over to here for a, a better position, and he'll be like Queen's Rook to pawn six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking you nerd! It's, you fucking nerd! It it really is like playing with that guy in your D and D session who would show up to the session <laughs> in a cloak. Purple yeah, velvet cloak. Yeah, Gail yeah. is very. I would. Uh, that's another thing that I, I, someone was saying is that like they're playing this, going through and thinking about the people that are playing the characters, <laughs> like like they're imagining the players that they're playing with that are controlling these other characters, and like they're like, oh man, I hate the player that plays <laughs> <laughs> like Lazal or whatever her name is the Gith Yankee. Uh, one thing, so I, I haven't, I said I haven't watched a lot of videos about the game itself, other than things that are more meta. And I saw this one video where a person was talking about how great this game is for accessibility, uh, because of all the different uh, options they have for accessibility. One of which being you can pause the game at any time mm -hmm. during a cutscene, during a battle, during the middle of someone's dialogue, like at any time, which is great for, as they were saying, people who have needs that can, you know, come out of nowhere, or you know, even just. You've, you've got kids you've you know you're whatever for whatever reason you need to pause it uh, you're you playing while you're working you can change the song <laughs> what playing while you're working who no would does do that, that nicholas uh <laughs> certainly nobody the on this the podcast subtitles. uh there's a screen that shows the log of your dialogue so <laughs> you can go back so like if you have auditory processing issues or you have a bad memory you can go back and look at the things you said and chose so that you can remember what you said just five minutes ago if that's a problem for you uh, and then there's a nudity toggle mm -hmm. so that you can turn on and off the nudity. If you're playing around people, you don't want to have to, you know, show nudity in a game to. And then they talked about how there's basically every gender option you could mm -hmm. possibly want because they, you can be a man, a woman, you can be non-binary, and then you can choose genitals however you want. So if you want to be a woman with a penis, you can do that. You know, you can do it however, whatever makes you happy, whatever feels like what you want. And that is crazy affirming and and beyond just like, oh, we have all three flavors of gender, you know, there's, like it's which a lot of games, it's still progressive. But yeah, there's yeah. A, a canonically trans character in the game. Uh, there is uh, several dick options when you're yep. creating your, your characters as well as several, several breasts and several vagina options. Yep. There's, there's, there's a, pl a handful to choose from. If you, you know will. me, I love dick options. Uh, <laughs> and if you're ever wondering, uh, do the scales go all the way down for Dragonborn? The answer is yes. <laughs> they, they do the whole way down. Anyway, um, I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's absolutely uh, true. It's really easy to pick up and put down. You can save at any point, too. Basically, mm -hmm. I think I've saved in the middle of conversations. Yes. Because something has come up that you need nice. to step away. Well, and sometimes you want to see what that that dialogue option would do, even if you know you don't want to pick it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure yeah. this is going to be funny. That's um, the 
But Baron, have you been paying attention to any of the like developer response to this game's release? Oh, from other developers who are saying yeah. that they're going to make them look bad? Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are a whole bunch of developer, other game developers out there that are like, this game is going to set everyone's expectations too high. <laughs> it's an anomaly. Like You can't expect other studios to do what they've done with Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, some other developer was accusing them of like oh their budget must have been super high because they were getting money from wizards of the coast which is not true they paid wizards of the coast to get the licensing fee and and paid for the thing themselves yeah i I just had a question so i mean we aren't really talking about the plot because we don't want to spoil it but there there is a plot oh yeah um, that that uh, I assume you know you kind of get guided to, but you know how much time can you spend on side quests in this game? You know if if you're like I don't feel like going on to Act Two. You know how much time can you spend hanging out in Act One? Kind kind of as much as you want. Hmm. I I would I have to I'm guessing here, but the I maps think are huge. Yeah, I think if you wanted to blast through it as fast as you could, I'm gonna guess something like sixty hours. And then if you yeah. want to do all the side quests, 300? Hundreds of hours, easily. Yeah. And I don't even think you can do all the side quests. Yeah. Because certain choices will lock you out from other things. Yep. And and like Byron was saying about that particular character background, there are character backgrounds that, or or depending on what what you know race or species your, your character is or your class, that will open new things to you. Um, choices you make may mean that certain NPCs never join you. Uh, I ran into a character that uh, I was like, why are they drawing such attention to this character? What the fuck? Like, it seems like they're making a big deal out of them being here. And it's because that's someone that could have joined my party had I have played huh. things differently. Yeah, I, I had the same so, experience. Uh, all Every single character has their own side quests and motivations and... Um, uh, you know, frailties and, and whatnot. And so, you know, you literally can't get all of the characters available to you in a single playthrough because some of them are mutually exclusive. And uh, dialogue options are often determined by your race, uh, class, and background. One of the reasons I chose the bard is because someone pointed out that the, the bard-specific dialogue choices are often the funniest, not necessarily the best but but the snarkiest and funniest and and i was all over that (laughs) i I like honestly the because i'm multi-classing i get the rogue options the fighter options and the ranger options oh it's it's that's pretty pretty cool where you know the ranger options are always like you know like oh i I tracked a creature to this area we're just here to check it out or like oh you know what you know, I know an, I know a monster when I see one, and you, sir, are a monster, and things <laughs> like that. And like the fighter ones are all like, you know, about having a military background or like, you know, knowing. They're not just like dumb fighter things. A lot of the fighter options are actually about like strategy and battle mm-hmm. and and war, which is interesting. Like you're a soldier. And then the rogue ones, I kind of don't like the rogue hmm. di- dialogue options all the time because I'm not playing a super bastard run right now. And a lot of the rogue options are are just kind of inherently, um, you know, asking for money or blackmailing or threatening people in a in a particular way. That is just like not all of them, but you know, they they tend to lean a little bit that way. And so, um, 
I don't. I haven't been picking those as much as the as the other two since picking up those classes. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing aspect to multiclassing. I hadn't thought about is that you'd get all those dialogue options. But that brings me to another thing I, I wanted to talk about this game that has impressed me quite a bit about it is that the uh, the morality choices that in, yeah. in a lot of games there's morality and it's really clear which way you should go in the game. Like this is going to be a better ending and this is going to be a worse ending. Don't be a bastard. And this game is like. Be a bastard. Go nuts. <laughs> there will be consequences, but they might be better. <laughs> Crime I, and, sometimes and not, pays. And not just in a like, oh, if you choose to let this person, you know, live who did awful things, you get to use them to your benefit to do this greater good. It's not even like that. Sometimes it's material. It's strictly material. It's like you can do the evil thing to get the better, re- the tangible reward. Mm-hmm. Or you can do the good thing and you really don't get anything for it sometimes. Or even it might come at your expense. Um, in in Act 3, where I am now, I would speculate that there are about 15, let's say a dozen, a dozen different branches to choose that lead to major ending stuff. Hmm. I would hmm. love just to see like the, pick the, your color red, green, or blue. Oh, there's you're still salty I'm about Mass Effect still mad 3. About Mass Effect 3 and I never <laughs> will be mad about Mass Effect 3. Pick your color out. It's like, oh, he's mad about Mass Effect 3. <laughs> this is like, I, he's not wrong. I, you know, they they touted something like 1,700 endings or something like that. But they that love that. Baldur's Gate? The Larian, Larian, the developer. Um, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, minute choices you make that probably only represent small choices, D- differences in the ending. I don't, I'm speculating. I think you're probably right. But I'm talking like, like major ending branches, I think, just with the options I've gone through in the game so far, I, I think there's like a dozen different ways this could go or could have gone. I think I've kind of locked in on my, my I, I think I saw that that there are six major six major dramatically different endings. Um, oh, and, okay. And then yeah, and then who knows how many different details and how big that, those different details will actually be, right? You know, who knows? Yeah, that's. <clears throat> I I I I definitely feel that there are some super like I become the big bad yeah. ending to this where you are like nah actually I'm just gonna take over everything myself and I'll be you know like essentially a god or whatever right like I think there's I think those are are definitely options ooh mm-hmm. the PlayStation 5 version and the Mac version come out on the 6th of September by the time this airs I think nice yeah, yeah. or not quite just a few, days, just a few day. days from this going right about when Starfield comes as out. Starfield. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty stellar. Yep. I, you know, the game has been in early, really early alpha for like three years now. And I don't know about um, you, but I, I deliberately did not play it when it wasn't done. I didn't follow anything about it. Yeah. I wasn't even planning on playing Baldur's Gate 3 necessarily until people were so enthusiastic about it right off the bat when it came out yeah, and I started hearing things about it and I was like fuck I've got I've got to just sit down and and play it yep. also I had a, a particular work situation come up where I was going to be basically glued to my computer but not doing much for an entire weekend for like 12 hour shifts 
So oh. I was like, well, a new video game would be perfect for this. I did not have I that. will I've say been uh, that. Wikipedia only has one writer listed, <laughs> I, which seems nuts to me that wow. only one person gets credit for I'm, writing this whole thing. That but must be a it, very the only vague one definition. Guy wrote it. They took a long time to make them. Uh, Molly and I were talking about the game a little on a, on a dog walk, and I was just trying to imagine how big the the flow chart I, is. I was going to say the same thing. I want to see that flow chart. <laughs> it's got, I mean, it's got to be like a square mile yeah. of, of paper. Like I just like it's so so much branching, huge. It's so intricate. I just it's yep. fucking amazing. Yep. So when you say there, and we're getting pretty close to five question time. When you say multiple endings, is like are there multiple like big bad final battle options? You I don't think, think so. Or hmm. yeah, I think I it's think. a matter of how you handle the big bad. Sure. I think. The answer to that is actually maybe more complicated than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we won't spoil that. All right. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, do you have any final things you want to say about Baldur's Gate before we move on to five questions? Nick and Byron, because Molly and I really can't say anything. Yeah, I mean, I think it I, that game dope. sounds I cool. I hope to play uh, it someday. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So uh, one thing that I want to point out or talk about in the game is Byron kind of alluded to this earlier. We're talking about how crazy the spell interactions mm -hmm. are with the world mm -hmm. and how interactable things are uh, around you with magic and with your skills um not just like you know shoot a barrel of wine to put alcohol on the ground and then light it on fire to burn the people things like that which obviously like, works slime elementals leave trails of flammable slime behind them wherever they go and you can lure them around to make like a burning circle of doom <laughs> wherever you end up lighting them up, things like that. But um, being wet boy, makes oh you susceptible to shoving people off cliffs. Super fucking oh my fun God. in this game. Yes, there have been several <laughs> people that I've gotten into a fight with that I'm like, oh fuck, this guy has a this lot of hit hard. points. How am I going to beat this barbarian? Shoot, <laughs> done. Like it is so satisfying and so funny, and and um. Just the thing, like there's a the telekinesis spell lets you pick up and throw around chests and and boxes and barrels, and there are, there are these destructible items are fucking everywhere in every map. So when you fire up telekinesis and grab a big huge metal coffin and like whip it at a dude and knock him across the map, it is so satisfying. <laughs> yep. Hilarious. Yes. Byron, Byron what about you? Yeah, that that's exactly actually exactly the same sort of thing I was going to touch on too. Like when a character or enemy is standing in water, they are more vulnerable to electrical damage. I've I've seen um, people carry around pockets full of crates so they can stack up the crates to jump on them to get to inaccessible areas. Um, yeah, the and and all these you know all these things are things that some developer had to go oh. This should do this. And so when as you're playing the game, if you think, hey, in real life, that guy standing in the water might get electrocuted, he he will. It's it's in there. <laughs> it's, it's all the stupid things that you and your friends ask the DM if yes. you can do. Yes. They sat down and uh, did a whole bunch of them. That's awesome. The 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 crates thing, I saw Matt Mercer do that. Yep. Stack a whole bunch of crates. I saw someone stack a whole bunch of crates turn into an owl bear, have a wizard cast enlarge on them to make them huge size or giant size. And then they had a piece of equipment equipped that let them 
dive or jump onto enemies to do damage and the oh. higher your height is the more damage you do and the larger you are the oh more damage you do so becoming a large sized creature that got enlarged with a spell and jumping from a height from the crates they were like doing these cannonball dive attacks as an owl bear and doing like 500 damage <laughs> when they were hitting like damage caps when they'd hit the ground like just game breaking insane stuff that you, you have to like work hard to pull off and it's not really beneficial but it's fun yeah. <laughs> uh kind of like, like kind of like building all the weird devices in uh in in the zelda game just yeah you know, what, what yeah. can i do what the fuck can i do oh i can do i can i can do that well if i can do that maybe i can do this uh sounds like a great game if you're listening and uh you you have a mac or uh or a ps5 and you've been like well yeah wish i could play Baldur's gate next week uh, next week or just a few days after this episode airs we're gonna go right. to five questions Ooh, now we uh I last year Question. last year when byron was on this uh show we asked him our current five questions and it's been a whole year so those answers are probably different um and uh we're just gonna ask him again okay what your answers are now cool. um and uh I'll, I'll go with question number one um, <laughs> and just say that I'm going to qualify this by saying, other than Baldur's Gate, right? Uh, what is the game you played recently <laughs> that you really enjoyed? All right, so I, I'm going to lean hard into the the geeky nerdy side of, of this world. Hooray! Um, and recommend Ancestors: The Human Odyssey. Anyone What's that? seen that? So mm-hmm. it's a it um, familiar, but no, it's kind of a sort of first person sim management kind of tribe management thing, but your tribe are proto-humans early hominins um and you guide their early development and even evolution and you can step forward through generations and even step forward through um from you know from one hominin to the next and you can you know if if you it's you know first person and like you, you pick up a stone and another stone and you hit them together you might figure out some basic level of flint napping and it'll pull up a little graphic where you've zapped some neurons together and developed a new Potential evolution that you may or may not pass on to your children, and it's um, it is the most the best edutainment I have played lately. If I could get all of my anthropology students to play at once, I would have. <laughs> is there a monolith? I mean, there's... I have not seen the monolith Damn. yet. Well, no that's... guarantees though. All right, that game that game's dumb. Okay, <laughs> Molly, question number two. <laughs> question two: What science factor discovery do you think is really fucking cool? So. Everyone here, I assume, at some point in their life used a cordless drill. Yes. yes. Do you know why the first cordless drill was made by who and for what? No, no, and no. Okay. Please don't be racist. Okay. Nope. It's not like even so. a little. <laughs> even though I'm going to say that it was made by Black and Decker. Oh. No, no racism. <laughs> okay. Um, it was commissioned by NASA for the moon mission. Nice. Oh. Yep. They wanted, they needed something that could drill with its own power source. On the moon. Thank you, NASA, yep. for microwaves that's, and cordless drills. <laughs> and that's Velcro. great. I was, you know, ever since we started asking this question, and then just the other, like a couple of weeks ago, I saw this meme that was like, you know, it's a bummer is that every single, like most of your favorite science facts you'll find out was like invented by like Dr. Racist. <laughs> like, easily exterminate children or whatever. Like. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we actually learned this from this science experiment. How far will orphans bounce? Oh. <laughs> For science. Uh, okay, uh, Nick, question three. Uh, where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. 
Yeah, no, I, I suspect this is probably the only answer of mine that hasn't changed since last year, if we were to go back and look at it. But it is still from a general sense of empathy, i.e. the golden rule, or would would I like that done or said to me? Um, and that seems mm-hmm. like a pretty simple, straightforward one, it one is, to me. It is pretty simple. I, I bought a business yeah. many years ago, and, and the guy I bought it from put it really well. He said, you know you're making a good deal and offering a good deal when you would accept either end of it. I said, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. All right. Uh, question number four. If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for you for the rest of your life, what chore or task would that be? Yeah, that'd be the dishes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. I I no Ron Bauman. That guy I'm loves doing the dishes. Dishes and bathroom. I feel like dishes yeah. and bathroom are pretty much the... Yeah. The laundry Laundry answer. comes up, cooking, too. Yeah, actually. I, we have a lot yeah. of people that say cooking. I have all the... Do you have a dishwasher or do you oh, usually yeah. not being on the road? Well, yeah. So I only I have a dishwasher for half, roughly half my life. Um, but even when I do have one, I would use a better one if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have ogled the cooking robots, um, but I enjoy cooking at least a little bit myself. And I find I think cooking has a little bit too much nuance to be really mm. effectively roboticized anytime well, soon. It, did, it is perfect. That's 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 part of the question. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, we will move on to question number five. Molly. Question five. What's a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Well, certainly everyone here and likely to be listening, I would plug The Nevers, too. Oh, The yeah, Nevers. Did you guys see that? I think I watched part of it. That's uh, I feel like HBO. We watched one episode um, of that. It sounds familiar. It was like a, it was like a, it, I mean, it was a, it started as a Joss Whedon project, yes, right? Correct. Oh, which is one yeah. of the Which reasons, definitely hurt it, for sure. Yeah. Which was one it was, of the reasons, women, right? Like yes. it's like women, Victorian, Victorian yeah. superpowers. It's, it's, like it's almost like it's almost like X Men. Did we really? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, the last two episodes are where the hook happens. <laughs> oh no no no! <laughs> there's the a there's a left turn. Yeah. There's a left turn. Is the show going to happen more? Will there be more of it, or is this it? Maybe, maybe. Hard to say. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So the Nevers on HBO. So they did one season and then uh, 10 years from now, they'll do a movie. (laughs) But Joss Whedon, it's it's like Joss Whedon was involved in the beginning, but then he kind of, they kind of, I don't know if remember, they pushed him out or he he left. Yeah. Um, Because that was right as his, uh, his star fell. Turns out that he was a complete douchebag. And which is a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's that a reason he makes show. shows with powerful women, and it's not necessarily because he likes powerful women, but uh, or <laughs> he likes powerful women, yeah. if you know what I mean. Um, anyway, so yeah, I did watch the first couple of episodes of that, and I always meant to return to it. So now I will two thumbs up. I will have to. All right, thank you, nice. Byron, uh, for mm-hmm. for uh, answering our questions. Thanks for My for pleasure. coming into town. It's always great to have you here. It is good to be here. And, uh, you know, we, we hope you have a good good season at Minnesota. There's going to be several weeks after this episode comes up. The Minnesota Renaissance Festival is still going on. Byron is there. Broomhilda, go check out his wares. Of course, uh, my band, The Dregs, will also be performing at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival for the next several weeks. I hope you yeah, have until chance. October 1st. It yeah. goes through October 1st. This through year. October 1st. So if it's October 2nd, you're too late. But uh, any time <laughs> before that, there's still time. Uh, get out and uh, enjoy Byron and uh, maybe me and uh, frequent guests of the show who will be on soon, Ron Bauman and probably uh, Tony Miller will be on with us as well. So we are Geeks Without God. If you enjoyed our show, you can always support us on Patreon and you can uh, listen to episodes months, weeks, days or minutes early as, <laughs> as a Patreon supporter. 
You can also send us answers to your five to our five questions at five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. If you've answered them before, much as Byron has, you can answer them again because we we grow we change last year byron could Hmm. not have talked about Baldur's gate 3 and yet this year he can that's how we change and that can change our answers as well new science facts and discoveries every day and who knows maybe you 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 have a new task you now hate yeah that you want a robot to do since last year they only just discovered that black and decker developed the cordless drill for the moon missions nobody knew that until now so uh, <laughs> also, don't we have our old five questions on the website too? We do. There, we have. So we if have. People three want to sets. answer those. They could even do that. Or if you're like you've listened to our recent this or that episodes, and you're like, hey, I've got some this or that questions that I want them to answer on their next this or that episode. That's the kind of thing you can do. What we're really saying is we are getting tired of thinking this shit up for ourselves. <laughs> please, <laughs> please just help us out. Uh, in any case, you thank you for how listening. Real that was because it made me laugh. So in any case, uh, once again, Byron, so great to have you on. It's good to see you. Thank you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next year, and I look forward to seeing you out at the Renaissance Festival Absolutely. for the next several weeks. Uh, we will see you uh, when we do the show on a Tuesday next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> You can tell I haven't downloaded Baldur's Gate 3 yet because I'm actually editing this episode. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. And you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Yeah, he'd be gone.